Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Reignick My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answer to life's problems to reconnect our heart back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. So glad y'all are able to join us. I'm one sorry for the technical difficulties, but wanted to improvise. So right now, something happened with my mic system, but I'm doing old school. I'm on the telephone, and also I'm on Facebook Live. So thank God for that. Thank God for the ram of the bush. Um, I want to give everyone the telephone number to our podcast, which is 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. You can send your questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go on Facebook Live. I am on Facebook Live on my page, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P.S. Paul, R-A, T.S. Tom, E-R. You can also send your prayer requests or comments or suggestions on future podcasts. Or you can go onto our website and also go into our chat room, which is available right now on our website. That is still up and open. You can send your prayer requests or comments, whatever you like to say. You're welcome to post it on the chat room. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, while senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas Fort Worth area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, <coughs> Timmy, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Once again, sorry about the delay, but I thank God that uh, we were able to at least come on here live and continue with the show. Question, are you ready for school? Well, ready or not, school time is here. For many people around the area, uh, this is the first week of school. And not just some Students may or may not be dreading it or looking forward to it, but also some staff members, also some teachers. <laughs> um, but in the midst of that, school time is here. And this is a very, very serious time that we should really pay attention to the school time um, as students, as staff as teachers, but also as parents. But also, even with the school, there are many, many nuggets that we can learn from one of the greatest investments that we have, education. On this show, we would encourage you to look forward to the new school year to to help you in your journey towards your purpose, 
offer you words of prayer for the students, teachers, staff, and also the parents. We're going to have that and much more in today's episode, which is called Knowledge is Power. Knowledge is Power. Um, I will say this. I have to repent, not just apologize, not just to um, the teachers, but also even to myself. I know throughout the school year, to my kindergarten on up to the, I'll say, 11th grade, I already didn't take school seriously. Uh, for those that know, uh, I often talk about when I was in school, my main objective was to go ahead and just hurry up and get my diploma so I can go ahead and move to Atlanta, Georgia, so I can wrap the wish, the rapper scene. That was my goal. But along with uh, my high school year, I was on the job program. I was able to get an early dismissal so I can go to work. But then on my in my senior year, uh, come to find out they messed up on my uh, classes. They actually didn't give me a particular class that I needed in my junior or sophomore year. And I ended up having to take a class in my senior year. And if I didn't take it, they said I wasn't going to graduate. So guess what? I had to take it in my senior year. But also, that senior year, I ended up having to take a class called English 3. Um, by a teacher in at Carter named Dr. Mitchell. Those that went to David W. Carter in Dallas know who Dr. Mitchell is. She was a very strict, hard teacher. And I remember <clears throat> I ended up having to take English 3 the first semester in my 12th grade year. I didn't, I didn't pass that class in, in my junior year, and I had to take it over my senior year. But on the second semester of my junior year, I had to uh, go back to the school and do a book report. And that book report, which I've never passed during that time, I ended up taking book report. I had to do a book report 11 times. But on that 11th or 12th time, they said that I had to make like some type of 80-something in the mid-80s so I can get an 80-something for the six-week six school year so I can be able to make a 70 for the whole uh, semester. Make a long story short, I did. I passed for the second semester. So my senior year, I had to take English 3 again, and I ended up getting Dr. Mitchell again. And she spoke with me. She said, now, I'm going to give you the option of, getting another teacher, or you can stay in my class. So I spoke to my uncle, which is uh, Aaron Logan, uh, Mr. A- excuse me, Mr. Logan, that's at Logan's Photography. I spoke to him, and he said something that really challenged me. He said, well, you can ask for another teacher. You have every right to get another teacher, especially if she offered you another teacher. But you need to prove something to her, but most importantly, prove something to yourself. Stay in that classroom and pass it. And so I chose to stay in that classroom. Now, this time, and this is just me telling off on myself, but also this is to encourage and help somebody who may have the same mindset 
really help them to reevaluate something that we often overlook, and that's that not just the investment of education, but also realizing that you're worth investing into. And so I end up talking to Dr. Mitchell, and I told her that I was going to stay in the classroom. But this time, everything that I did during the time that I failed, I wanted to make sure I didn't repeat those steps again. So instead of sitting in the back of the class, I sat in the front of the class. Actually, Dr. Mitchell had a section in her class called Heaven or Hell. And Heaven was on the left side, which would be her right when she's facing the class, because that's where she predominantly stayed at. But then on the right side, which was her left, it was hell. And those those house the students who may not be very attentive in class, who is not doing so well academically. And so this time I said, I told Dr. Mitchell, I wanted to make sure that I did not sit in the back. I sat in the front, but also I told her I'm tired of sitting in hell. And so I wanted her to understand she didn't have to put me in a section called heaven. I'm going to earn that spot. And lo and behold, I believe it was somewhere towards the end of the semester, she had me to stand up in the midst of everyone and said how I advanced because I was able to take school seriously. And so I realized that Dr. Mitchell actually was not hard on me. She actually challenged me because I was actually lazy. I was lazy. And also with the way that she would teach with English, I realized with the book reports, like I said, I hated book reports. My first time doing a book report, I made a four out of zero to 100. Zero means you didn't do it at all. But on a scale of one to 100, I made a four. One, two, three, four. I made a four. And I made that four because I earned that four. I didn't study the book report that I was doing, That uh, the book that I was doing the report on, I didn't study it. I just scanned over it. I just looked over it and just kind of wrote down something. And that's what I earned. She didn't give me a four. I earned the four. <clears throat> and through the many time I took that uh, book report, <clears throat> I did a book report on different books, I realized that I just couldn't say anything. I had to study, not just read. I had to study that book. I had to become interested in that book and then speak on it. She was very astute with all the books that you can ever think of, but also she was so smart that if you try to see a former student of hers and copy their book report, she had a copy of each person's book report. And she knew who you stole it from. Like I said, she had a copy of it. It was like she had a photographic memory. And so, make a long story short, with the way that she was writing a book report, I realized years later, the way that she was trying to help us to write is actually the way that I write. That's the way that I actually write even now. 
even if I'm writing a book or doing a sermon or even just taking notes, I write like that. And so because of her being able to see and take interest in me, and she saw that I was really not living up to my expectations, I was shortchanging myself, she took personal interest in me and invested in me even when I did not invest into myself. And so now the hardest teacher I thought to ever live actually became the best teacher that I ever had because she helped me to see who I was becoming. She did not settle. She did not allow me to settle for where I was at, but she challenged me. And because of her challenging me, I became the young man that I am today. And so I just wanted to kind of throw it out there because if it wasn't for Dr. Mitchell, um, I don't know where I would be, and not just with the educational part, but the discipline. She taught me discipline. She taught me focus. Also, for me to be able to, like I said, challenge myself. So I really, really, really <clears throat> thank God for that. But with students, one of the things we have to understand as students, whenever you go into school, regardless if you're in the kindergarten all the way up to the 12th grade, remember this. You might be smart. You, you might be uh, very gifted in your learning. But remember this. You're in the classroom, and you're the student to learn, even if you know it all yourself. Get this. The teacher is there to teach you. You're not there to teach the teacher. You don't have to prove a point. You're not there to prove how much you know to the teacher. You're there to learn. The reason why I say that is because the teachers already got what you're trying to grasp. The teachers have not only, and this is speaking from kindergarten on up to the 12th grade, the teachers have already received what you're fighting for. You're fighting for a high school diploma, and they already got their college degree. So I want you to think about that. What you're trying to get, they already achieved it. And they achieved it sometimes years ago. But also what we have to realize, I know a lot of times, especially now, I see a lot of students, you see it on Facebook, you see it on uh, Worldstar, it's a lot of students that are trying to fight the teachers. That is weak. The teachers are being jumped on, and a lot of these students, they're big enough, they're the size of an adult, but yet still, the teachers are getting jumped on. The students are jumping on the teachers. The students are disrespecting the teachers. I want to tell you this. How would you feel if someone disrespects your parents? You would want your parents to stand up for themselves. But also think about this. Not only would you want this, your, your parent, which is the teacher, to stand up for themselves, but what would you do if you was in the presence of someone that was disrespecting your parents? So, Ashley, when it boils down to it, the students need to stay in their place. Just one blank. Now, that doesn't mean that your ver- your words or your 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 presence mean nothing. No, you are valuable. Your words are valuable. But also, we have to realize. We're there to learn, but also the teacher is responsible for the class. But also, 
not only are we there to learn, but I want to challenge each and every one of the students, regardless if you're a kindergarten, 12th grade, or even in college, don't allow anyone to disrupt you getting your education. Now, from kindergarten on up to 12th grade, education is free if you're in a public school. Education is free. But you think about it, there are many people overseas that are fighting for their right to receive education. And a lot of times I saw, um, it was this year, I believe, I saw a little kid in the middle of the night that was in the middle of the street that was using the nightlight that was outside using the nightlight as light to do their homework. Think about that. There are people that will receive, that will grasp what we take for granted, and that's education. Nothing or nobody has the right to disrupt anything that pertains to you with education. Education is your right. But you have to understand that that is your right, that is your privilege to receive education, and nobody has the right to tell you that you can't. But also on the same token, if you know that there are people who want to disrupt you getting your education, we need to stay away from them. And a lot of times we would expect to speak to the young people that are in uh, middle school, elementary school. but we also have to tell the people that's in high school, even in college. A lot of times people go off to college, they go off to college with a full scholarship. And a lot of times what happens, we get sidetracked. We get unfocused. We get distracted. A lot of times when we go to college, we're no longer in mom's care, in dad's care. Now, the responsibility is for us to get up, fix ourselves something to eat. We no longer have to rely upon mama or daddy to wake us up. Now we got to set the long cost ourselves and get ourselves up. Now everything that we've been taught growing up, now we have to implement ourselves. There is no one that's going to hold you accountable or responsible. Your parents won't hold you accountable or responsible getting up to do your homework. Okay, make sure you do your homework. Cut the TV off before you do your homework. Cut the radio off. Don't look at TV. Get off your iPad. Get off all of that and do your homework. Read your book. And even if you don't have any homework, I we used to always make fun of the kids who didn't have any homework, but all they would do was read. They would be on the playground and they would read. Not me or me, but I'm saying we as people. They used to make fun of those who were reading during recess. Those who would read or do their homework during study hall. They wouldn't pass notes and chit-chat. No, they would be doing their homework. But when it came down to test time or a pop quiz, who was prepared? The one that studied or the one that was mouthing off trying to crack jokes, trying to be the class clown? That's something we have to think about. <clears throat> so, excuse <clears throat> me. When it boils down to it, we can not only allow, we can't allow people to distract us from getting the education, but also we cannot be that distraction 
from someone getting their education also. So we have to make sure that we are responsible for our actions, but also making sure that we are not allowing our actions or our behavior to become a distraction towards someone else. You know, right now, uh, matter of fact, I was talking to my son today, and he was telling me that right now he's in eighth grade, and he has the ability right now to take high school classes. And when he gets into high school, he can take college courses. So after he graduates high school, not only will he have enough credits to get his diploma from high school, but also he has earned some credit towards college. So he he can get a head start. So that way he won't spend so many hours, so many years in college because he has already prepared himself during middle school and high school. And that's that's the way a lot of people have the ability to do, but we don't seize that ability. We don't seize that opportunity. What we have to do, we have to start planning ahead because ultimately we're going to deal with it one way or another. One of the things that my godfather often say is whatever you don't get right here, you have to make it up for this with your hands. Your valuable, your, the most valuable tool that you have is right here in your head. But we have to understand that we are valuable. You cannot allow anybody to put a price tag on your mindset because your your mindset is important and it wants to be fed. It wants and it needs the education. First of all, spiritually, but also secular, secular education. We talk about spiritual education. You talk about secular education. They go hand in hand. Both of them are important. But a lot of times what you see, depending upon how a person, how they treat secular education, it would reveal how they take spiritual education and vice versa. So we have to understand that education is important and not allowing anything or anybody to distract you from it. I have to emphasize that. Because a lot of times when we go to school, especially when we go into a new school, a new school year, a lot of times we want to be popular. A lot of times we want to be known. And sometimes we will allow our feelings or our emotions to want us to want to be wanted by people. And sometimes we are being picked up by the wrong people. And those people become a distraction. Those people will actually derail us from the purpose and plan that God has already mapped out for us. So when it boils down to it, how important is your education? This is, Like I said, this is not just for those that are in middle school, elementary school, high school, but even, like I said, even in college. We got to think about how important or what kind of price tag are we putting our education. You know, education is so expensive, especially when it goes down to college and stuff. So see, the thing that it shows me, it shows me when you take education seriously, you're going to do all you can. Even you may have a learning disability or you may have a difficult time learning or grasping the subject that you need to know. So what you're going to do, you're going to actually take the time out to study 
ask for help, get help, receive help, or whatever. You're going to receive the help so that way you can have a better understanding because sometimes it may be the teacher that may be explaining something. You got to think about you're not the only one in the classroom. So a lot of times the teacher will speak abroad or speak in a general sense. But a lot of times we allow pride because we don't want anybody to know that we don't understand. So because that teacher don't know that you don't know, then they move on. But when you begin to start asking questions, then not only they should answer them, but also you're showing them, hey, I want to know. I want to learn. Regardless if nobody else wants to know, I want to know. And a lot of times, just like how some people as adults, People look at their um, their, their score, their credit score. Well, when it pertains to education, your GPS, GPS, your grade point average is your, quote, unquote, credit score, your educational credit score. In other words, it's showing are you willing to invest into yourself? And one of the things I found out, when it comes down to Grants, grants are free. It grants, grants you don't have to reimburse. But when it come down to, when it come down to, um, give my Morris, Morris, when it come down to uh, tuition, when it come down to scholarship, thank the Lord, scholarship. When it come down to scholarships, they will only give to those who have invested into themselves. What do I mean? See, having a full-fledged scholarship paid for, that's great. But how would you expect someone to pay for or how would you expect someone to to invest into you when you won't invest into yourself? You have to be the one to invest into yourself. In other words, you have to show people that you mean business, but also you want to show people that you are in high demand. You want to make sure that you are allowing yourself to be in high demand. When you invest into yourself, when you believe in yourself, more than just what you're saying, but most importantly, what you're showing. Your test scores, your homework assignments, those are the results of what you invested into yourself. If you're able to not only get an understanding and show that you understand then what happens? You're showing people that you're worth investing into. Why? Because you have invested into yourself. And you can't make anybody believe otherwise. You can't make somebody believe in you when you're not willing to believe in yourself. And you believing in yourself is putting your education numero uno. You being able to believe in yourself, invest into yourself in the midst of all distractions. Bumped the distraction. You have to make sure to stay focused. Because I found out a lot of times when it comes down to education, how bad do you want? That's the main thing I think about. How bad do you want? I found out either way, like I said, either way, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to pay for it now or you're going to pay double later, sometimes quadruple. But you have to make sure that you, you believe in yourself. You have to make sure that you show yourself worth investing into. But also, one thing I always talk about when it comes down to you, you are a brand. Always always say the word brand. You are a brand. You are a, a name brand company. 
You're a name brand company that people want to invest into. And so with your in, when people want to invest into you, the first thing they want to see, they look past what you're saying. Because there's a lot of people, they're saying the right things, but they're producing the wrong results. And why are they producing the wrong results? Because they're not taking the time to invest into themselves. So with you being, what, disciplined, you have to want it bad enough. You have to want You have to see yourself disciplined enough to sometimes say no to going out, saying no to hanging out or talking on the phone or on social media, whatever. You have to be disciplined enough to take care of first thing first. First thing first is taking care of business. You can work now and play later, but a lot of times when we work first and we can knock that out, we actually have more play time. But unfortunately, many people, they'll play first, and then at the last minute, they'll, in crunch time, they'll try to study, they're trying to cram information, and they end up having a panic attack of pressure, and they end up failing. One of the things I, one of the things I often have had people say, well, I want you to pray for me that I pass this, that I pass this test. Okay, did you prepare? No. Well, how would you expect you to pass it when you didn't prepare yourself? But also you think about this. In your prayers, in you praying that you pass the test, your prayer is going to bring up the answers that you already deposited within you. So if you didn't deposit anything within you, then your prayers can't withdraw anything and reveal anything because you didn't put anything in it. If there is no if there is no deposit, then there won't be no withdrawal. And anytime you try to take something that you didn't deposit, then you end up getting an overdraft fee. And also, not only an overdraft fee, but also you're working illegally. <laughs> so you just think about it from a materialistic standpoint. What are you depositing within you? Nobody. I don't care if it's a teacher. I found out sometimes those teachers, like I mentioned earlier by Dr. Mitchell, those teachers are hard on us because they want to see how bad we want it. And sometimes I found out those that are those that are receiving the hardest treatment are the ones that the teachers are seeing us, not based upon where we're at, but based upon where we're going. The teachers are the staff members. They're preparing us because they see, hey, they see, you know what? They see that this person, they mean business. They see this person really have great potential. They really have something going on in their life. But what happens? A lot of times we allow because <clears throat> a little hard time or maybe because I don't think the teacher liked me. Well, I'm going to tell you this. True enough that there are some incidents where some staff members may not be acting mature. So what do you do? You still make sure that you have yourself together and make sure that you may even go to a higher up, may go to a counselor, may go to a principal, but making sure that you have yourself blameless. If you feel like the teacher don't like you, then have you cut up in class? Or 
can you show them, you know what, I'm doing my homework. I understand it. So it may be them. And so that's something where, you know what, you can talk, especially if you're in uh, elementary school or middle school or high school. You can talk to the higher up with your parents. Let your parents, let your parents know about it, you know. Also, just kind of check and see, make sure that, hey, is this a personal problem that the teacher may have? Or maybe it's just a misunderstanding. You know, maybe first of all, try to talk to the teacher, not in the classroom, not amongst people, but privately. Use wisdom. First of all, be prayerful about it. That's the first thing I often tell people. Be prayerful about it and ask God to help you. Ask God to set the scene. And then also along with that, ask God for there to be peace. Ask God for there to be clarity for us to have an understanding to listen. So that's something that we have to first do. And if there's a misunderstanding, you'd be surprised what type of level of respect that the teacher would have because you're showing that teacher that you mean business. But also you're showing that teacher, you know what, I want to listen to you. I want to listen to the class. I want to listen to you in the classroom. But I want to make sure that I'm able to receive fully what you're trying to give us which is education. Like I said, free education. So that's something that we have to really, really, really pay attention to because when it boils down to it, like I said, there are many people around the world that's willing to pay for education, and especially in America. We take education so, so, so much for granted. We take it for granted, and it's unfair where people around the world, they have to read, they have to study, sometimes with small lanterns, but they're hungry. They're so advanced. But sometimes when it comes down to them in America, what do we do? We just take education so loosely. We don't care about it. We'll easily skip school. We'll easily, oh, disrespect the teacher disrespect the staff members. And not just pertaining to, I was speaking about the, uh, the teachers, but a lot of people that are in the school are teachers, even if they're not in the classroom to teach you. Look at the janitor. You know, I used to look at the janitor, and, I mean, they'd be working their behinds off. But then when you see them, they'll be willing to talk to you. But a lot of times, the, the the students, they're so busy misbehaving that they're making the the janitors work harder, cleaning up after a mess. It looks like uh, they're having a food fight. It looks like they're having toilet paper, uh, toilet paper fight, toilet paper fight, you know. And it, it, it's sad. We have to think about it. Regardless, like I said, regardless if you're an, a, a, a student, regardless if you're a teacher, regardless if you are a child or an adult, the way, be, the way that we behave, we represent people. We represent our families. We represent our church. We represent our community. But most importantly, we represent God. And so that's something we have to think about. We have to think about how am I representing my family? How am I representing Christ? Don't you know when you're in school, 
I found that when you're in school, everybody knows somebody that knows you. <clears throat> and so when you begin to have a reputation of cutting up, word to get back. And also not realizing, but that will actually brand you. That will become a characteristic or a trait that people will know you for. See, we have we need to be known for this. We need to be known for us being intelligent, being respectful. But what happens when we get somebody that cuts up, when we get somebody that acts a plum fool? Oh, that boy right there, he a class clown. He ain't gonna never be nothing. And we be, and we end up getting them bought. You think about that. Now there may be some who may be watching who may not act like that. There may be some who may be really willing to invest into themselves. And thank God for you. This this is the opportunity for us to have a fresh start. A lot of times, a lot of times we need a fresh start. And get this, regardless of what transpired, regardless of what transpired in the past year, you can change you can change things, you can turn things around. You can do it. Well, my question is, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to put in the work? I want to, I want to share this with you, and I know this is a Christian podcast, but also I try to, I try to make sure that uh, the content is something that's going to help us, number one, that's going to be godly, but also even if it talk about things that may have transpired, there's always a purpose for it. There was a young lady, and this is talking about our behavior, the way we carry ourselves, because our reputation, uh, it will carry us. And especially, you want to make sure that you put yourself in a position where you can demand respect. You can demand respect and command respect. But there was a young lady, I remember, there was a young lady that was new to school, and she wanted to make sure that she got herself known. So to get herself known, you know what she did? She ended up trying to have sex with any boy that she could, and she ended up getting caught in the boy's bathroom. She also at one well, I just stopped right there. She ended up getting herself caught in the boy's bathroom trying to have sex with him. She wanted to get herself popular. What type of reputation do you think that she'll have? Not a good one. Even though she might have done it in high school, that's going to carry her for the rest of her life. A lot of times we make foolish decisions, and those foolish decisions, that momentary decision, will last a lifetime. A lot of times there may be things that we will never be able to shake. But also we have to think about she might have done that during her high school years, but what about when she becomes a mother? What about when she becomes a mother and her family, her children finds out? We got to think about those things. You want to make sure, even though you might be a child or you might be a teenager, right now your actions and your behavior can change the course of your life 
right now because the way that we act. We can do something right now. It can forfeit our blessings, our purpose. It can destroy our reputation, our credibility. It can tarnish a lot of things that people look up to pertaining to us. We don't want to do that. We got to think. We got to think. I always say we think before we do things. Don't do things and then think. Or, well, I'm just being me or being uh, impulsive. We can't be impulsive people. We have to be strategic. And that strategic is using wisdom, which is first being prayerful, praying and asking God, God, is this something that I need to do or is this something I don't need to do? Simply doing that. But also understand we not only should be praying for ourselves, but also praying for our teacher. Because our teacher has the responsibility to teach us, but also being real with you, you got to think about those teachers. The teachers that we have, especially in the condition that we're living in right now, the teachers already have it bad enough where they deal with their own problems. But now, because a lot of times, because of the parents are not raising the children, are not teaching the children, now the teachers have to play teacher and parent all in one. The teacher has the responsibility of not just raising their own children, but now raising somebody else's child because they're not being taught at home. A lot of times the teacher is the only one that the, the, the student can really reach because a lot of times the, the students or the kids in the school a lot of times they may not have a relationship with their parents. Sometimes they may be the only one at the house at the time because they may not know when mama's going to come home. They may not know if mama's going to come home. They may not know if daddy's going to come home. They may not know who daddy is. They might be raised by their stepdad. I'm giving different scenarios, and then the students dealing with so much. The students are dealing with adult issues as a child as a juvenile. And so now who has to deal with that? The teacher. The teacher has to decipher between the student that want to learn and the student just in the way. And then the student who want to learn but dealing with so many issues, but then also that student who so happened to be living in adult shoes. Why did I say that? Because it's a lot of kids now, they're going to high school already as parents. It's a lot of students right now going to high school already parents. Think about that. They're going to high school, babies having babies. They already jump into high school, and they already have children. Not just sometimes. It used to be when I was growing up, it used to be where a student had one child. Now, some of these students, they're graduating. They're 18 years old, and they already have three or four kids by three or four different baby daddies. You think about that. There are students that are dealing with so much, and who are they confiding into? The teacher. The teacher also, and I also I want to give a special shout-out to all the teachers 
that I know, um, Monica, Monica uh, Crenshaw, Monica Crenshaw, uh, Trey, look like um, a Tanitra, Tanitra Robinson. Um, I'm, I'm missing a few. Oh, I want to spend, send also a shout out to uh, my brother, Walter Prater, his wife, my sister-in-law, Millie Prater, also Stephen Poole, um, Patrick Williams, the coach of David W. Carter High School, uh, Brian Wilson, all these all these fine people that I know that are teachers. And I'm sorry I didn't um, mention a lot more off the top of my head. If I had thought about it, I would have wrote down the names, but it just dropped in my spirit to send a special shout-out to the teachers, regardless if I mention your name or not, to you as teachers. You know, um, matter of fact, one of my friends, uh, Brian, he's a teacher. He's a, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's a husband too. I know he's a father. But also, along with being a teacher, also being a father, also being a husband, he's also a minister. Oof. So <laughs> there's a lot of people that's juggling a lot. And unfortunately, teachers don't get paid enough to deal with all the things that they have to handle. Teachers are on salary, but when you look at it, their work is way beyond school hours. They are checking the homework. Also, because of the staff of the teachers, the teachers are also looked upon as pastors. The teachers, regardless if you like it or not, that's a position that is thrust upon you by default. As teachers, we teachers hold the spiritual, the emotional, the mental ministry of the students. But also they hold the same weight towards the other teachers. Sometimes teachers have to lean upon themselves because they have enough on their plate as it is. Matter of fact, my sister-in-law, Millie, is a bilingual. She speaks Spanish and English. And, you know, just to see her operate, to see how sometimes being able to have to, as teachers, being able to have to decipher, okay, I'm going to be Mrs. Prater right now. In a few minutes after Mrs. Prater get done with the work, then I'll be back Millie or like my brother Walter. You know, uh, he's a student. He's a uh, not just a teacher, but he's also a student teaching. He and his wife teaching in Colleen, Texas. And you know, being a teacher, being a student, that's already crazy enough. But they're just showing us right now that us taking it seriously and us praying, being prepared. We have to be prepared. Be prepared for your education. Be prepared for you to be able to grasp all you can because it's only a matter of time. We always say it's a limited time offer. Right now, where you might be in middle school, elementary school, high school, you're living the best life right now if you have your parents involved in your life where um, they're not demanding you to get a job and help pay for the expenses. Right now, get all you can by showing them that you appreciate what they're doing 
by keeping your grades up. If there's something that you don't understand, don't assume. Ask questions. I found out the dumbest question that there is is the question that's never asked. So what we have to do, we have to make sure that we're prayerful and ask the questions. Ask the hard questions. And matter of fact, even challenge the teacher. When I mean challenge, I don't mean like in a bad way, but I mean as far as ask questions. Pick the brain. That's the best tool for you to be able to do in getting an education, not just um, secular, but even spiritual. Ask questions. Ask tough questions. Challenge yourself. Take the limits off of yourself. When you take the limits off of yourself, then God can take the limits off of what he want to give you. Think about that. When you take the limit off of God and when you take the limit off of yourself, you're investing, you're depositing things within you so that way you can have a greater return. But you have to make sure to show by being disciplined. Like I always say, how bad do you want it? You know, this is something, this is something a little extra I want to put down. Me, I have a full-time job. I work. But after I get off work, you know what I do? When I get off, when I get off my, my job, when I get off my job, I clock in and go to work. What do I mean? When I'm on my job, I'm there because I'm working for Dallas County. Excuse me. When I'm on my job, I'm do I'm there to do a task. So I give 120%. But after I get off my job, then I go home and I do my work. In other words, I work for myself. Whatever the Lord leads me to do, it may be to study, it may be for me to write, it may be maybe for me to do something that he's telling me to do. I'm working on my work. In other words, I'm allowing myself to be an independent contractor by working on my business. My business, it starts right here and here. And once I get done working, I have to work harder. Even though I gave 120% on my job, I have to make sure that I match, if not beat, that on my work. My work will define my future worth. It will define my future and also present worth. It's just like somebody who may be working part-time or working two jobs, working two full-time jobs. You have to look at your job is you're there to listen and take orders. But also when you get off your job and when you go to your work, you're there to invest into your business. And so even though you might not be, quote, unquote, working on a job, you might be in school. Your school, that is your work. That's not a job. That is your work because that work will eventually reveal your work. It will reveal how much should people pay you, how much should people deposit into you, how much should people give you. Think about it, based upon what you have earned. 
based on what you have earned. You will only earn what you have worked for. You know, I found out that the more you deposit within yourself, the greater, the greater your stock can be. So with that, to speak to the staff, excuse me, to speak to the students, but also to speak to the teachers, thank you for all you do. You handle more, and you have more responsibilities, more responsibilities for less pay. Many teachers have had to neglect their private time or even their parenting time to take care of their job at work, excuse me, at school, tending to somebody else's child, tending to the greater need of somebody else's child. And they spend more time with other people's children while they're up or while they're conscious, while they're while they are doing uh, school time versus when they are off the clock and they're getting ready to go home. Some of the teachers, they're so drained that by the time they get home, they have nothing to give to their own children. They're so drained physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And the teachers do so much. So we want to appreciate the teachers, appreciate the teacher on what they do. And I know a lot of times with their vacation, they needed that summer vacation. They deserved it. They more than earned that summer vacation. But now the vacation is over with, and it's time to go back to work. And so we thank God for those teachers who put in the grind. But also we thank God for those staff members. We thank God for the janitors. We thank God for the counselors. The counselors got to, you know, also deal with the deal with the students who may be dealing with so much you know the 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 these what's called it I just said the name the counselors the counselors they are already having to make sure that the students get the right classes to make sure that they're able to graduate, so they gotta make sure that they're focused they gotta make sure that they're very attentive and along with the teachers, along with the janitors, along with the counselors. We're not going to forget the nursing staff. The nursing staff have to make sure that the kids have their medication. The kids making sure that, hey, you're running low, or hey, you know, uh, like my son, my son, he's being delivered from asthma. But there are so many, there are so many students that are dealing with health issues, and the nursing staff have to decipher between those who are playing and those who are for real, those who are really injured, really sick, versus those who just want to get out of the classroom, those who just want to go home. So being a staff member, that's a ministry within itself. And even within ministry, we look at some ministries in a church, where sometimes the church door may be open twice a week. But the school doors are open five days a week. But they work 24-7. <laughs> so we got to think about them. We got to be praying for them and also be praying for the uh, principal. The principal's responsibility is to make sure that they have the right teachers in place to educate our students, 
to educate our children. So what we want to do, we want to take the time out to really pray. I know last year was last year. Last year was the past. But now we are embarking in a, on a new year. And we're asking that God come in and help in this new school year. And if there's any concerns, any needs that you have, you're welcome to share with us at this time. If you have any concerns that you may feel like, you know what, I don't know what is going on at this school. I don't know what's going on. It's so much peer pressure that the kids have these days. Matter of fact, my son, when he was in his third or fourth grade, he was telling me that a few of his classmates are bisexual. Think about it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In a third or fourth grade, and you saying you're bisexual, first of all, you shouldn't be sexual already. But you're bisexual. We have to be praying now because you don't know what type of spirit that these people are dealing with at the school. And like I said, not just the students, but the teachers, the staff members. These are spirits right now. If we're not sincere, they will turn our families up. But also, we will allow these spirits to even come into our home. What would happen if these spirits come into your home because your students, your 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 children are carriers of their spirit and bringing it into the home? Not just a homosexual or bisexual spirit, but also the spirit of arguing, the spirit of fighting, the spirit of uh, tongue, drugs, prostitution, sex trafficking, alcoholism, even nicotine. All these type of spirits are the students are dealing with it right now. And a lot of these things, these are adult issues, but the kids are in an environment where they got to deal with that. And like I said, you don't know what a a child is dealing with already. You don't know what that child has been dealing with. The child may have been arguing or maybe may have heard arguing and fighting all day long, all night long. Because mom and daddy can't get along. Mom and daddy fighting, arguing, and fussing, and cussing. You know, mama calling daddy just affirmed on them. Think about that. Somebody talking about their own father. Somebody talking about their own mother. You don't know what a child is dealing with. You don't know. You don't know. Even I found out there were some children uh, early this year, I believe. One child actually, as it's been going on several years. But many children are contemplating suicide and committing suicide because of bullying. Bullying is a big thing. And we need to educate our children. You don't do that. But also, not only in educating your child, having them to respect themselves and respect others, but also keeping it real. You got to teach your child. You got to teach your child how to defend themselves. Teach your child how to report issues. And if there's nothing going if they're not going to do anything about it, and you've already told them, you actually, you, you as a parent, go up there to the school, be more involved, PTA meetings, PTA, you know, parents, teachers, the, the parents need to know who their child being taught by. You know, um, this year be the first year my son won't be going to a charter school, but in the charter school that he was going to, they will only allow him to have uh us to have lunch with him on his birthday, which I didn't like that. But I was used to going, at least I would take off once a month to have lunch with my son. But now he's going to a public school, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So 
I know we work, but if there is a chance for us to not call in sick, but even use some compensation time that you may have, if you have time that you can be able to take off, spend some time with your child even in the school. So that way the teachers will know that you're concerned about his education. You know, I, I'm so glad I'm able to see now. I see a lot of men active in the children's lives in the school. That's, I mean, it, it makes me feel so good to see daddy. A lot of times we used to see mama always there, but when you see daddy at the school, oh, it, 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 it brings chills to my spine because the child gets excited when they see daddy at the school, you know. So these are the things we really got to be praying about because a lot of things that's going on, it's going to take God himself to remove these things, to deliver, set free, destroy the burdens, destroy the yoke, break these spirits, break these curses that are going on within the schools. And so many of these school shootings, that's a demonic thing already. A lot of these school shootings, it's a lot to pray for. So what we want to do, we want to take the time out right now. We look, we lifting up every staff member every student, every teacher, every principal. We're praying, on, we're praying for the premises of the school. We're praying for those who, who will be occupying those spots in the school, even for those parents who have to drop off their, their, uh, um, drop off their child. We're going to be praying for them. We want to pray for everyone that has a loved one in school, like I said, regardless if it's in middle school, elementary school, high school, college, anytime somebody is considering or even someone that may be going to school, we're going to hold them up. Like I said, the secular school, but also even those who may be going to Bible school, those who may be going to seminary school, we want to pray for them. We want to hold them up and pray. We want to make sure that we ask God to help us to help them. We want to pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we ask you all right now, God, as we get ready to uh, start a new school year, God, we holding up each and every person right now, God. We holding up the teachers. We holding up the students. We holding up the principals. We holding up the janitors. We're holding up the nursing staff right now. God, we're holding up each, even the, uh, uh, the, the substitute teachers, God, the teachers' aid right now, God. We're holding them up right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we're speaking, God, a word of safety right now, God. We're speaking, God, that you help us, God, to be able to, as teachers, God, to teach the students, God. Help us, God, to have clarity, God, in our explanation, God. Help us, God, to be able to to help them with patience, God. Help us to have the patience, God, to even be able to teach the students, God. And, God, we even speaking right now for the students, God. Help them, God, to not be distracted, God. Help them, God, to be attentive, God. Help them, God, to be focused and to hear and to listen, God, and respond, God, in the proper way, in a respectful way, God. Help the students, God, to be respectful towards the teachers right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, if there's anything that can distract, God, even the students or even the Teachers, God, that anything that can distract or even bring any type of disruption, God, anything that can bring confusion, God, God, we're speaking, God, against that right now, God. 
In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, that you allow the communication to come forth and go forth right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, and we bind every spirit against uh, every spirit that's pertaining to the school shooters, God. God, we speaking even against the child abduction right now, God. In the name of Jesus, the sex trafficking right now, God. The child pedophiles right now, God. We speaking against those spirits right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, even against the drugs, God. Those who may be trying to introduce the students, uh, even the staff members to the drugs right now, God. Those who may be trying to disrupt the class right now, God. We speaking against that right now. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we speaking, God, that you help us, God, to fulfill the purpose and plan that you have for us right now, God. God, we hold up every person right now, God. Even those who may not be directly involved, those who may not have uh, loved ones in school, God. But God, they may have, they may know somebody, God. They may be someone within their community, God, somebody that's in their neighborhood, God, who may be going to school, God, who may be a teacher right now, God. We're holding each and every one of them up right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, God, we thank you, Lord, for these teachers, God. We thank you, Lord. They may not receive everything that's entitled to them, God, but, God, we thank you for them right now, God. God, we even speaking, God, that you help them even to have better benefits and pay right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we ask you to help and implement something, God, that's going to give them, God, more, God. Help them, God, to be able to understand, God, that they are valuable, God, that they are appreciated, God. They may not receive the appreciation from the students or even from the principal, but, God, help us as a community, God, to share the voice, God, and let them know that they are appreciated and they are acknowledged, God. God, we even speaking, God, even towards that student, God, who may feel unvaluable, who may feel unloved, who may feel unappreciated. God, help them to understand that they are valuable, God. Help them to understand that their words matter, that their opinions, that their minds matter, God. Help them to understand, God, that they, even if they may have low self-esteem right now, God, God, help them to see who they are in you right now, God. Help them to understand that they are valuable, God, and help them to seize the moment of the education that is provided for them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the purpose that's coming from this. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the revelation, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> I thank you for tuning in, and I want to thank each and every one who tune in and listen, who has supported this program. If you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to contact me on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater. You can see my daily devotion and videos on my page. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A-T as in Tom, E-R. Or you can go to my website at www.com. BrotherPrater.org. You see my daily devotion, the upcoming events, and also my personal appearances. Also, you can go to the source section of my website where you can purchase my book called A Few Good Men, Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibilities towards their family, their children, their spouse, or even their children's mother. Also, to inform women the needs and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and our father to present our future children. I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you, listening to Mess Up Already. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to 
Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you, and good night. Thank <laughs> you.